Well, as I was reading through the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 5, that's where we are this day. I hope that you'll take your Bible and that you're there. But Luke chapter 5, I got to recognizing that multiplication is not just something that's concerned for fourth graders or maybe for a mathematical class, but multiplication is actually a kingdom term. Multiplying, multiplying those who are around you that are about the ministry of the gospel and multiplying the ministry itself. Jesus was all about multiplying. So I want you to see in Luke chapter 5 how he multiplied his ministry, how he demonstrated the example of multiplication, he demonstrated the principle itself, and how he gave us the mathematical facts or the multiplication facts around which we should live our lives and partner with other people. I want you to see Luke chapter 5 verse 1 says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Multiplying ministry multiplying the ministry that God has given. Now look, Dr. Luke has shown us that Jesus knew his purpose. He knew his mission. He had explained it in Luke chapter 4 as he had been there in that synagogue in Nazareth. And then after explaining it to his hometown crowd, he went out and he began to fulfill that mission and that ministry. And we've seen it over the last few weeks. If you've been here, we've talked about how God through Jesus fulfilled this mission and ministry that he was called to. Now in Luke chapter 5, you see how Jesus brings in these other individuals so that they can participate in the mission and ministry as well. Now, if you read the Gospel of Mark, if you read the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see that these four individuals will be called. These disciples will be called by Jesus. You'll see um, how he brings them into his kingdom. And maybe the other passages will speak about how he does it before his Galilean ministry. Here it seems like it's during the Galilean ministry. Dr. Luke puts this story right here for the purpose of showing us how we respond to the word and how we multiply the ministry. He's already stated the ministry. He's already stated the mission. And now he speaks about how he multiplies it through these 
disciples. And he gives us this basic principle. The basic principle is that when you multiply ministry, you increase the kingdom's work. When you multiply your ministry, you increase the kingdom's work. Jesus wanted these individuals to come and be a part of his work, his mission, his ministry. Obviously, he had already had some contact with them before. They had heard Jesus preach and speak. But now he was inviting them to come into his work. Notice it says again in verse 1 that they are there by the lake of Gennesaret. Basically, that is the Sea of Galilee. Okay? Dr. Luke just speaks of it as the lake in this, in this area, in this region, Gennesaret. But it is the Sea of Galilee. It probably was more like a lake. I mean, if you look at the Sea of Galilee, it's not much of a sea. Some of you have been there and you've probably uh, been able to take a boat ride. And you'll notice it's just a lake. 13 miles long, approximately 7 to 8 miles wide. Didn't look it up, but maybe something like Darbo, maybe, maybe just a lake. Maybe just a lake, as Dr. Luke says. And here they are. The multitudes are coming, and they're preaching. He's preaching to them, and he's teaching. And what he does is he sees a boat, and he says, you know, that boat would be a good pulpit. He must have could swim. I, I can't. I wouldn't have gotten in there and even tried it, you know. But he decides he gets into the boat. He withdraws himself a little bit. And he teaches and he preaches. And the scripture says that when he looks at Simon Peter, because this boat is Simon Peter's and his brother Andrew, who's not mentioned here. But he says to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, Master. One of Luke's favorite terms. Never uses the term rabbi, but he uses the term master. And he says, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Notice what Simon says. Simon says, we've been out there all night long. And can you imagine being out there all night long and fishing and how tired they must have been? And how they were looking forward to just some rest? And now Jesus says, no, let, let's go fishing. Now, for some of us in this place, anytime somebody would say, let's go fishing, we're, we're ready to go. Right? Some of you? Anybody like fishing? I've only been fishing three times since I've been here. So most of you that just raised your hand have not asked me to go fishing, by the way. Just, I thought there were more people that like fishing. Most of us would say, hey, we want to go fishing. But not Simon Peter because he had been out. And also think of this. This is Peter's vocation. This is what he does for a living. We're going to talk more about it in a moment or so. But he's not doing this recreationally. It's not like you're saying to him, oh, let's go and just catch some fish and, and enjoy ourselves. No, for Simon Peter, fishing was work. How, how many of you, let's say you're a teacher. Somebody come up to you and say, hey, let's go teach tonight. How many of you say, oh, yes, I love teaching. Let's go back to the school and let's just act it out. Let's just do that. How many of you would want to do that? Because that's what you do all the time. And Simon Peter says, 
Lord, I, we've been out there all night long, and that's what I do all the time. And, Lord, we, we didn't catch anything last night. I'm just tired. And, but whatever you would have us to do. And when they had done this, they called a great number of fish. They went out with Jesus, and they began to catch fish. Again, all of this story is about Jesus calling Peter presumably Andrew, James, and John into the work that he had for them. He wanted to bring them in to his work. Now, Jesus knew what it was like to multiply ministry. He went out there. He found these individuals. He knew them before they had even known themselves. And here he was bringing them into the kingdom's work. Now, of all people, Jesus could have gotten the job done without them, couldn't he? Well, he could have. I mean, he's mighty enough and great enough that he did not necessarily need followers or disciples. He could have done it in so many different ways. I, I, I was trying to think of different ways in which Jesus could have fulfilled the kingdom or fulfilled his mission. I mean, he could have set up a government. I mean, that's the way some people would suggest is you go into an area, you want to, you want to build your kingdom, you got to set up a government. Let's set up a political government in which he could do it. And Jesus could have done that. He could have done that. He could have built a military army. He could have. The Jews actually thought that's what he was going to do, to be the Messiah and the Christ, that he would come and build this military army that would go out and bring everybody under his rule. Jesus could have done that. How about the communication tool? Some of you say, yeah, but he needed people like the disciples to go out and speak for him. Well, Jesus could have, he could have created all kinds of communication tools. He could have created, he could have created one of those little boxes that we have on our walls in our living rooms, television. You, you know what I'm talking about? Jesus could have done that, couldn't he? You with me this morning? Jesus could have done that. He could have. He, he wasn't relying upon disciples. He could have. He could have built that. He he could have. He could have invented the internet at that time. I know most of us give credit to Al Gore, but <laughs> only those of you who are thirty-five and over will know what I'm talking about. But Jesus could have invented. The internet itself. He he could have he could have he could have come up with a with a new company. Instead of Apple, I was thinking about it this week. I know this is sad that preachers sit around and think about this stuff, but instead of Apple, he could have come up with something like grape, because grape was kind of like I mean they grew grapes in Israel. Sorry, that's the best I could come up with, but he could have come up with grape. And he could have had like the J Pod and the J Pad and the J phone. You know, it's all about Jay, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And he could have come up with it. He could have done anything he wanted. So he said, that's ridiculous. I want to tell you something. God could have done anything he wanted to communicate his gospel and his message. And Jesus could have used any kind of power and any kind of authority to speak into people's lives. And yet, he chose the personal relationship. He chose investing in disciples that would come along and who would make a difference for the kingdom. That's what Jesus chose to do. He wanted them because he knew if he took individuals, personal people, and he was to invest in their life, he could multiply the kingdom's work. 
And that's the way Jesus chose to work. And that's the way Jesus continues to work today is through his people. Now, we can use the different modes and mediums that we have, but the primary way in which God multiplies ministry is looking into our lives, speaking into our lives, and using us to advance the kingdom. And if Jesus chose to do it that way, we should look at ways in which we could multiply ministry as well. There should not be one loner in this place. What do you mean by that? Not, there should be not one individual in this place who says, this is, this is just me and about myself and about my ministry and about who I am. It, it, I appreciate you personalizing things and internalizing things and knowing that God challenges you individually. But know that there are a lot of us that God has called into his work and into his ministry. And we've not called to face it by ourselves. We are actually called to join with one another and to make a difference collectively. I'm pretty thankful for that. I am thankful that my ministry is not just dependent upon my work and my efforts. But rather, he takes who I am and he places it alongside of who you are. And together, we can multiply the kingdom's advancement. And here Jesus comes. Not that he needs them, but he wants them. And he calls them. And guess what? On the flip side of it, they recognize that they do need him. Now, he may not need them, he may want them, but they obviously need him to fulfill ministry. And this analogy of fishing that is used here, I don't want to press it too far, but I do think that even in the catch, this great catch, it is evident that Jesus' presence makes a difference. In other words, they had gone out all night and they had fished, right? And they had not found a thing. They had come back and they were tired and they were probably disappointed. They couldn't brag to their other folks around them about a catch. They were just disheartened. Jesus says, let me go with you. All right? Jesus, we'll go if you want us to go, but we've been out there and we're the fishermen. Remember that. Jesus grew up as a carpenter. They're the ones who make their livelihood fishing. They're the ones that know the techniques. They're the ones who know the places to fish. Jesus, he probably had only been on the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret only a very few times. And now he's saying, if I go with you, we'll find some fish. And that's the reason in the beginning, Simon Peter is a little bit hesitant. I mean... That's probably the reason some of you haven't invited me to fish, right? Because it's not like I will help you. I can't tell you anything about the lakes around here, and and I usually can't contribute too much. I mean, I've only been fishing like once since, I said three times, I think it's only once. Uh, Kind of 
embellished a little bit because I was so uh, <coughs> disappointed to only been one time. But, <laughs> but that one guy hadn't invited me back again because I didn't offer too much because, I mean, I'm not a fisherman. So how could I help him? So Simon Peter kind of acts like that. Jesus, I know, but I mean, come on. But when Jesus goes, when Jesus goes, they catch this miraculous amount of fish. It says that he, he looks at Simon personally and says, launch. It is singular there. You, Simon, you launch, and then all of us, plural, let down our nets. Let down your nets. They let down their nets. They bring them back up. They have to bring the other boat. James, John, bring your boat over here. Because it's as though the boats are about to sink. It says something about Jesus' presence and his effectiveness, their effectiveness, as they experience Jesus' presence. And it does set up this mission and this ministry that he's going to speak about in just a few moments. And see, what they're going to remember is, you know, we may not catch anything without Jesus, but it makes a difference when Jesus is on board. They'll remember that. You don't think they'll remember that when they're out preaching and teaching and when they're trying to catch men at that point? They'll have to remember Jesus' presence makes a difference. We need him. And see, we can minister. We need to recognize that we need other individuals in our lives. But we need to especially know that we need Jesus Christ with us. In any plan, in any program, in anything that we're doing, if we ignore Christ, we have ignored our power. We've ignored our authority. We can go on visitation programs. But if we do not go in the power and the presence of Christ, we will fail miserably. We'll have all kinds of programs, and brother, do we? In our churches, we have all kinds of programs. Programs can't be good. But if we base our lives on programs instead of the power of Christ, we will fail miserably. They needed Jesus for their increased effectiveness. And they'll need him as they go forward. You see, the multiplying principle, the multiplication principle is that as we multiply ministry, as we bring in individuals and we go in the power of Christ, the kingdom work will expand. It will advance. Jesus brought people in with him. I say to you that we, as we are thinking through our own lives and our own hands-on missions efforts, Yes, we need to be challenged personally, but we also need to recognize that God has called us to be a part of his body, the Christ, uh, the body of Christ, the church. He has called us to be a part of his work, and we should gather with other individuals and see how God would use us collectively to multiply the ministry. It's great to start new ministries. And maybe God's called you specifically to do that as you study through this hands-on missions emphasis. Some of you may say, this is what I'm supposed to do individually. That's great. 
But why don't you look around and see what God is doing in other places? And maybe what God wants to do is to take your giftedness and your talent and put you right with somebody else that's already doing some things to multiply that work. We can do so much more together than we can apart. Right? We need to hear that for us as individuals. We need to hear that as a church. Now, I love Temple Baptist Church. I hope that you can sense that. We love being in Ruston. I've, I've enjoyed being here. What have I said over and over that I mean? Wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could, right? That's what I've said over and over, and I believe it. And I believe in the work and the ministry that God has for us as temple. But understand, God has other churches that are godly churches in this area. And God has called us sometimes to partner with them as well. Because the more we work together, the more we make a difference for the kingdom of God. Multiplying ministry. Jesus looked and he wanted to multiply. And here he was, Simon Peter, James, John. Most likely Andrew himself that's involved here. Four individuals he'll bring in. Now let me give you quickly, not just that principle that you see, but the facts, the multiplication facts, if you will. And maybe this will help guide you as you try to decide who should I partner with, who should I network with, who should I connect with to multiply ministry. The facts of it. The fact is that those individuals that you partner with and and connect with, they should affirm the lordship of Christ and the leadership of Christ. I want you to see this quickly here, okay? Notice it says in verse 8, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When Peter saw this incredible catch, he knew it was more than Jesus just figuring out where the fish were. I mean, I saw commentaries that said, well, Jesus might have seen the fish over on that side of the lake and thus guided the people accordingly there. When you look at Peter's response, Peter Ascribe this to the supernatural work of God. And so should we. We shouldn't try to explain it away. We should just look like Peter did and say, hey, this is a miracle. I mean, this is awesome that they were able to catch this many fish. And they re- he recognized that Jesus was truly who he said he was. That he was Lord. And, and, and get this about Peter. When Peter recognized who Jesus was, he also recognized who he was. And he recognized that he, Peter, was a sinful man. He recognized the greatness and the glory of the Lord, and he recognized how he had fallen short. This is like the Isaiah 6 moment in Peter's life. Isaiah 6, you remember the prophet sees God high and lifted up, and when he does, he confesses that he is a man who is undone. 
A man who has sinful lips when he recognizes the majesty and the glory of God. And see, here Peter is saying, you know what? You are Lord. And while that term can often mean something like sir, here there's no doubt that it speaks to the deity and divinity of Christ. He says, you are Lord. And I'm a sinful man. And see, Jesus, that's all Jesus wanted Peter to recognize was his lordship and respond accordingly. If we go and work with other people, we should make sure that they affirm that Jesus is Lord. Whatever group of individuals we're working with for ministry, we've got to begin with that very fact that Jesus is Lord. Lord, if we're going to multiply the ministry, it has to be multiplied around the identity of Christ. And then that informs everything else we do. They were astonished, it said, at the catch. catch, And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You will catch men. Remember in other passages... The idea was you will be fishers of men. So Jesus says, if you recognize my lordship, then that means that you'll go out and you'll fish for men. Literally, it means to capture a person's mind and ideas, to capture them and to bring them into the kingdom. Now, A few moments ago, I said that Peter was vocationally a what? A fisherman. He didn't do it for fun. I'm not saying he wasn't. He did it as his livelihood. That was his job, his mission, his responsibility. So I want you to take that idea and I want you to apply it here. Jesus says, okay, your job used to be to go and catch fish. Your mission your purpose, your livelihood, your vocation. But now you are to go and catch men. Now, if you intentionally went every day to catch fish, you should now intentionally go every day to catch men, right? That's your job. It's not recreational. Well, if I happen to... If I happen to just bump into one of those lost men today, I'll bring in the, I'll preach the gospel and bring them into the if that happens. That's not the way a commercial fisherman would have thought. They went to catch fish. If they could find anybody, they were going to catch those individuals. And that's for us. We should go intentionally every day of our lives because guess what? God has called us to recognize his lordship and to partner with those people that do, but also those who have submitted to his mission and to his leadership. That every day we should know that we are going to catch men, to capture their thoughts and minds for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to do. There are so many ministries out there that we could partner with. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. We're right now working on some things that we can do to try to help people physically 
by helping them get into homes and other things. That's wonderful to meet the physical need. But don't forget, everything that we do should also be gospel-centered. It's not just the point of getting them into homes. It will be the idea of getting Jesus Christ into them through the good news, through the gospel, to capture their hearts and their lives, to claim them for Jesus. And the leadership, it says, verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. I still marvel over that, don't you? I mean that these disciples would just be willing to leave it all. Lord, we trust you. We believe you. You've called us to this. You want to multiply the ministry of the kingdom. Lord, we're there. And guess what? Lord, we're just going to put all these other things in the past. And we're going we're gonna to leave these things and we're going to follow you. It's amazing. Such faith and such trust. And yet, God has called us still to be willing to leave it all to make a difference for his kingdom. To multiply his ministry wherever it is, whatever it takes. He has called us to have the same type of heart. The multiplication principle basically says to us that when we multiply his ministry, the kingdom's work will be advanced. It'll be increased. But as we do it, may we not forget the facts behind his kingdom. The fact of this, Jesus is Lord. He's called us to proclaim that Jesus is Lord to everyone. And he has called us to submit to his leadership and to follow him no matter what the cost. He has called us. And what I pray as we go through this hands-on mission study, as we think about how God would use us, I would think today, I would challenge you today to look at those areas where you can connect with his church here, with the people of God in our community and beyond, look for those places that, that recognize Jesus as Lord, recognize their mission, and recognize their willingness to sell everything and to, to do whatever it takes to follow Christ. Look for those and engage yourself in the work of Christ. What a tremendous opportunity he has given us as his people to multiply his ministry. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and, and Lord, this day, we are thankful that, Lord, you called us to be a part of this work. And God, just like those early disciples, you didn't have to do this. We know that. And yet in your grace and in your mercy, you reached out and you brought us in through salvation and then you turned us loose for service. And God, every day I pray that you would build within us as a family of God here that sense of responsibility. 
and that you would raise us up, Lord, united and connected to make a difference for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that you would take the ministry here, that you would couple it with the ministries all around us that are godly ministries that recognize your lordship and your leadership. And God, help us to make a difference here in your community of Ruston and Lord, even around this globe. Thank you, Lord, again. Continue to speak to us and invite us to your work. In Jesus' name.